On yesterday's episode, we talked about Travis Hunter's ceiling as a freshman, and it was sky high. But are we placing too much expectations on him too soon? Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over you can find me on twitter at south exclusives to keep up with me in between these recordings every day like i said we're back monday through friday five days a week from now until the end of all the seasons so you ain't got to worry about it you can keep coming on listening and checking us out we will be here monday through friday now on yesterday's episode we talked about travis hunter and we're back at it again. We talked about how Travis Hunter's ceiling, if everything goes perfect, everything goes right, his ceiling is the Deacon Jones Award winner. But now I have a question. Are we placing too much expectations on him way too soon, seeing that he has never played a down of collegiate football? Now, that might seem as if it flies directly in the face of what we said yesterday. In a way, it kind of does. But... It's not because I'm contradicting myself. I announced it at the end of yesterday's episode. I'll announce it now. What we're doing is we're trying to look at both sides of this conversation because it is not simple. Projecting what the number one overall recruit in the nation is going to look like, not just in any regularly regular year, but projecting what the number one overall recruit in the nation will look like for the first time ever on an FCS level. Yeah, that's a conversation that is two-sided. That's a conversation that you can look at from a couple of different lenses. We looked at what his ceiling would be if everything went well. And of course, he's super talented. So the ceiling is high. But it doesn't mean that he's going to achieve it. Are we acting as if him achieving it is a foregone conclusion? Are we placing too much expectations on him? Now, I will say this. The conversation around his expectations was supposed to happen probably two weeks from now, closer to the season, maybe the first week of the season, maybe even week zero. I don't know. It was supposed to happen around that time. I had it planned for that. However, last week he was named to a preseason FCS All-American team and there was an uproar about it. And with that being the case, I wanted to address that. But I also felt like this was a perfect time to just put them both together. So it's kind of like a double album, right? You got first side yesterday. Now you can get the second side today. And we're talking about the expectations. And when people had these this uproar, they started talking about, oh, why was he a media day and this, that? Stop. That, that's, that's just hate. That's hate right there. Because there's no problem with the number one overall recruit in the country being at your media day. Stop it. Okay? We're not even going to address that any further than what it just was. That's that and we're done. But the conversation of should he have that, that expectation placed upon him of being an All-American, now that's real. That's a conversation that we should be having. And with that being the conversation, I'm here to say I'm on the fence 
how I feel about it because I definitely feel like it's within the realm of possibility. But would I have done it? Absolutely not. Unprecedented situations breed unprecedented expectations. However, I just don't think I could have put my money behind. I couldn't put I couldn't have came out there and said he's going to be a third team All-American when I've never seen him play. That's me personally. I can't knock the guy for doing it, but I absolutely wouldn't have. Now, I understand that I said this is unprecedented, but I did look back at Leonard Fournette. Now, when Leonard Fournette came out of high school, that was definitely the first year. I mean, probably one of few years that I ever really dove in and really cared about high school recruiting. And my, I was in high school at the time. I didn't go to school with him. But at my high school, we had three Division One prospects. One went to LSU, one went to Stanford, one went to North Texas. Now, I was interested to see what were people saying about them. So I remember that. I think that was around the time Sonny Michelle came out. Uh, I remember him. It was just I was very excited that year. You couldn't tell me a word about Fournette. You couldn't tell me he wasn't like football royalty. He was going to be the greatest thing ever to me. So you couldn't say a word now. Fast forward eight years, I decided to look back and see what were the expectations that were placed upon Leonard Fournette. And I understand that he was in a different conference. He was in the SEC, the greatest conference in all the football. I mean, that's understandable. But on that list, he didn't make a single pre he didn't make the preseason SEC team. He didn't. But who did make it was Terrence McGee, another running back, the same position as, as Fournette on the same team. And that right there told me there is value in proving you have done it already. If you can have the guy, the man coming in, and you have another player at his same position that you vote on making the all-SEC team and not him, it's because he hasn't done it. He just hasn't done it yet. And I, I got to respect it, right? Now, there's a difference between adjusting to the game quickly and dominating the game quickly. Being a third season All-American or third team All-American tells me they think he'll dominate the, the uh, game quickly. Let's let's remove talking about other defensive backs from the swag. What they are projecting Travis Hunter to be is the special talent that we think he is. They project him to tap into his talent quickly and in a special way. I've already told you, that's yesterday's episode. Please go check it out because I'm very, very proud of it if you haven't already. But if he taps into his talent quickly and special, I think he'll be, that's what he can achieve, right? I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't checked it out, go back and listen to it again, right? Stepping out of our HBC, HBCU zone where you could say, all right, they're projecting him to be the best black college football defensive back, which they are because he's the only one on this list. They're also projecting him to be one of the 12 best defensive backs in the country. What a start to your freshman year. What a start to your freshman year. Now, if he comes in and he hits his ceiling or he hits this, that would be remarkable. I couldn't do it, but just because I had didn't have the confidence doesn't mean that Craig Haley, the guy who wrote this and came up with this team, just because I didn't have the confidence does not mean that he didn't have it. And he didn't back away. He didn't shy away when people asked, well, why are you going to have Travis Hunter here? He sat down with HBCU Sports and actually defended everything in his piece. And I had to respect it. So we'll talk about that going forward on Locked on HBCU. Before we do that, however, I want to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs becomes significantly more important. If you're somebody looking for the right candidates for your job that fit your criteria, then LinkedIn is where you need to 
B. It's just that simple. They help you connect with those who fit your mold quicker than anywhere else. You can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs and use the purple hashtag hiring frame. You have simple tools like screening questions that allow you to weed out people before even having to sit down for that interview and say, oh, you do not fit this at all. Now, remember, LinkedIn Jobs can help you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster than anywhere else. But did you know that you have 40 million people who visit LinkedIn Jobs on a weekly basis? All these candidates out here, 40 million on a weekly basis. Now, you can post your job on LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege for free. And remember that terms and conditions do apply. We keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, and I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, I truly do appreciate it, and it means a lot for me that you are checking us out Monday through Friday. So thank you for that. Now, we talked about what the expectation was. We talked about the third team, all FCS, all American team that really jolted this conversation and made this have to happen right away. Craig Haley. Stats writer, he's not backing down. He stands on what he said. Now, one of my favorite quotes from Herm Edwards is not that you play to win the game. I love that quote. That might be my favorite. One of them is be a man or a woman and put your name on it. And I just love it because it's so applicable to everyday life. Don't back away from what you said. You said what you said. Now, put your name on it. Don't run away from what you said. Don't don't throw stones and hide and hide your hand in a verbal sense. Be a man or a woman and put your name on it. So I love that. And that's what Craig Haley did. You can use that in multiple ways. It can, you know, show itself in multiple forms with Craig Haley. The way he did it was I put Travis Hunter on the team. People didn't. Some people didn't like it. I'm going to sit down with HBCU Sports. I'm going to explain it all. Now, he stood on the premise that this is. More than simply reviewing the last season, we got to remember that we are projecting. And I'm going to read these quotes for you, for you, and I'm going to tell you what I think about them. This is what he said. The preseason team as a whole is a projection for the season ahead. It's not just looking back. I mean, obviously, players who have been All-Americans in the past are going to warrant that consideration going into the season. But if you're projecting ahead and Travis Hunter is the number one recruit in the nation this past year, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's going to be one of the best FCS players in college football. Now, to me, the biggest thing here is projection. And a lot of times we forget that. I am guilty of that as well. I'll just look back and we're not even talking about development. So when I hear, when I hear somebody go from not on the team to being first team all MEAC or first team all SWAC is usually what we're talking about here, right? I'm sitting here thinking to myself, huh. What are they doing? What did you see last year? Well, when you start picking up certain tendencies, you see where players can grow. It is a projection. If we simply base people off of what they did last year, you're going to be missing part of the conversation. Or I don't even say part of the conversation. You wouldn't be taking that conversation to the next level. You can have a conversation strictly based off. I can tell you the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL based off of last year or something like that, right? But you can also project that people will get better with certain things, and that could change the context of why you have somebody ranked where you have them ranked. You can have that whole conversation and not talk about progression. 
and development. However, you wouldn't be taking that conversation to the next level. So Hunter is a freshman and all we have is room to project. There's nothing to fall back on. Perhaps people are more comfortable projecting forward when you have something behind you, something that you feel like is solid. It's a solid base for you to then make a jump about or predict the jump about. But Travis Hunter didn't need that. Like, not, not for Haley. Not for Haley, at least. So I do agree it is still within the realm of possibility. Now, when asked about maybe there was somebody more deserving than Hunter, this is what he had to say. Well, I think you can make the case for that for sure. But anybody who we've got as an All-American, I don't think we missed anybody in that regard. If somebody was an All-American last season, they're going to be right there going into the next season. We have a great respect for someone who's a veteran player and who's done great, but we also have respect for anybody who's about to step on the field and that is talented. We're saying Travis Hunter, if he winds up having an exceptional year, people are going to look back and say, maybe we should have had him on our preseason team. I don't think so. I don't think that people are going to do that. I think people are going to say, hey, we're taking a wait and see approach. That's my idea of it. People are going to say he's a freshman. We just don't put freshmen on there. However, it would look great on Haley if he comes out and has a phenomenal season. And who knows, maybe he can get second or first team all FCS, right? That's the key to me. If Hunter comes out and plays well, then Haley's going to look like a genius. If he comes out and he lays a turd, well, people are going to call back to this. There are people who are legitimately sitting here waiting and having receipts of saying, oh, didn't you say this about, didn't you say this? I understand that some people are just not going to be comfortable with a freshman making the preseason All-American list, but he is not trying to disrespect anybody. He is not setting out to disrespect any of the other veterans, and I'm glad that he said that and made sure to make sure it was clear that he wasn't doing that. Now, when I tell you that Haley embodies unprecedented situations, breed unprecedented, expectations i mean and this was the moment that i realized it and here was his quote i get the viewpoint that people are going to be surprised about it but you see it all the time in college basketball you look at preseason teams these days in college basketball and they have true freshmen on the first team that's only five players there's no reason not to consider it for other sports including football now i think it's a hard point to argue you might be able to say that basketball players mature a little faster the age gap is different maybe that's why nba players are allowed to enter or players are allowed to enter the nba at a younger age than nfl players are allowed to enter the league so you could make that argument that maybe they just develop faster but overall i get what he's saying who knows i mean i don't know how many high profile um athletes are going to start joining the fcs rank straight out of high school but if people start doing it, Craig Haley could come out as a trendsetter in all of this because this was something that got a little bit of an uproar because people are saying, yes, he's good, but he's never played a single down of real football in college. He played in the uh, the spring game. That's not real ball. It's not real ball at all. Not when somebody really game planning to stop you or game planning to, to do whatever they need to to get around you on the defensive side of the ball. But if he looks good, maybe this is the evolution where it is okay to put freshmen on the all-conference team. It would definitely have to start on the all-conference. I know this is an all-American 
FCS type situation, but it's going to have to start on the all-conference side. It's going to have to be small and then grow, right? So unprecedented situations breed unprecedented expectations. That should I said this was like a double album. That should be the that's the title of the album. When we talk about Travis Hunter and the expectations of him as a freshman, the title of this album is Unprecedented Situations Breed Unprecedented Expectations. Now, going forward, I'll tell you if he can live up to any of this, because there's two sets of expectations that we have just placed in front of him. And I'll tell you if I think he's going to live up to either one of those as a freshman. We wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBC with a question. I'm going to answer it, so it's really a question for me, but I would love to know your answer as well. Can Travis Hunter live up to these expectations? Is it more likely or not that he lives up to these expectations? And I'm going to go with not. Now, over the last two days, I've had a blast, right? I've had a great time. We've given him two sets of expectations. One came from me, and that's the not even expectation, but more so a ceiling, but just that's still expectations that he'll be good enough for this to be even a conversation. Not even saying that's what it's going to be. So let me not say standard. That's not what he'll be for me. I'm using expectations in kind of a different way than I was using expectations for Craig Haley. My expectation is just saying, hey, he'll be a really, really, really good player that could manifest this way in this Deacon Jones award-winning season. And I'm talking about lockdown corner. Give me some interceptions. Give me some touchdowns mixed between offense and defense, five to eight in some capacity, and give me 600 to 650 yards. That's a lot. That's a lot to place on the back of a player who has never played before. Third-team All-American FCS player is a lot to place on the back. And look, if I could get down with that, I'd say he'd do it myself. I wouldn't be shocked if he's first, second, or third team All-American this year. None of that would surprise me because he has the he has the talent for it. He is eminently talented. I'll say it again like I said it yesterday. That was yesterday's word of the day. But it was so appropriate and so applicable to Travis Hunter that we had to bring it back today. Travis Hunter is eminently talented. But I believe that there will be an adjustment period of some sort. I don't care if it's two games. When you start getting into most outstanding player, when you start getting into All-American, you're going to have a lot of players who are really good and who are worthy of that title. However, it's splitting hairs. Everybody can't make it. Everybody cannot make it. And it doesn't mean that people aren't going to make it in, in favor of Travis Hunter. Maybe Travis Hunter won't make it in favor of somebody else. And the reason that he might not make it is because of an adjustment period. If Travis Hunter comes out in week one against FAMU, looks like everything that we think he can be, all of this is gone. If there is no adjustment period for Travis Hunter and he seems as if this was just a seamless transition, All-American is on the table. Deacon Jones winning. Uh, Deacon Jones award is on the table. I mean that. If week one, Travis Hunter comes in and he looks like a legitimate college football player the most outstanding player in black college football could be travis hunter travis hunter could be one of the 12 best defensive back in all of fcs football 
He is just that talented. And without the adjustment period, those superlatives are all on the table. The only reason I'm taking them off. So I'm not dancing. Let me let me not do this. Let's not make it seem as if I'm dancing. I'm telling you that if he doesn't have to go through all of this, all of these All-Americans, all these postseason post superlatives, they are on the table. However, I am telling you that is my prediction that he'll go through a short adjustment period. These are my expectations for Travis Hunter. After a couple of games to get his legs underneath him, because it's a difference. It is a difference in between playing high school ball and collegiate ball, no matter what level you're going to. It is a difference. So after he gets that out of his system, once he gets his legs underneath him, this is what I think that Travis Hunter will be. I expect that Travis Hunter will be a really good cornerback from the beginning of the season. But I do think that it will take him a little bit of an adjustment period to be a shutdown corner. I expect Travis Hunter, I'll go on the record and say this. I expect Travis Hunter to be, to make a bigger impact on offense quicker than he will on defense because I do believe that they'll have some splash plays for him at the beginning of the year. I do believe that Travis Hunter will be a player that has plays designed for him where they work at the beginning of the season. They'll probably work throughout the year, but as the year continues, you'll actually see him being more of a decoy to open up people. Every time Travis Hunter comes in the game, they they do want to go or they run in a post. And now he runs that post to safety carries it because hey Travis Hunter always gets the ball when he's out here in this formation underneath goes Kevin Coleman right Malachi Weidman that's what I'm expecting out of Travis Hunter I think he'll be an immediate impact player on offense and develop into an impact player on defense I think that he'll be an all swag player next year these are my expectations for Travis Hunter there is no reason to believe that Travis Hunter will not excel next year we've seen the history of number one overall recruits performing and making an impact we went over that on yesterday's episode as well in addition to all of that i believe that travis hunter will be arguably the most dynamic player in black college football next year and i don't mean dynamic as in you see these plays where he's running all up and up and down the field across the field i don't mean that kind of dynamic i mean in the way that Everything I said on yesterday's episode about him being a two-way impact player on offense and defense will come true just without the Deacon Jones Award because there'll be an adjustment period. Other than that, I think that everything that I said about him, maybe a, a little bit of fluctuation within the statistics side of it, I think will become true. You take out the numbers, you take out the superlative that I gave him, and you just focus on the fact that he will be an impact player on offense, and an impact player on defense. I believe that that comes true next year. The only discussion is how soon does it come true? That is my true expectation for Travis Hunter, and that was my outro for the album. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen of the day, make sure that you're checking out all of our conference shows, Locked on ACC with friend of the show, Candace Cooper, Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy. They are putting in work so make sure that you are checking them out as well because they are absolutely blowing it away now on tomorrow's episode we'll be back talking about the other players who made the all-american team so make sure that you're on the lookout for that because it wasn't just travis hunter he wasn't the only hbcu player who actually made the cut so we'll talk about some of those other guys and give them some shine as well until the next album <laughs> i bid you adieu in the meantime in between time 
You can follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.